Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch community, and welcome to episode 130 of the 167 podcast. I'm Shannon Patterson, the lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church. And as always, I'm with my good friend, our media pastor, Josh Harrell. Hey, Josh. Hey, Shannon. How's it going? (laughs) I know it's coming. This is like 125th time you've done it, probably. Um, But it just makes me giggle every time. I don't know why. I wonder how long until you get annoyed by it. I mean, no, it's it's not an it's once a week, so yeah, it's, you know, okay, that's yeah. cool. Um, it's going it's going well. It's yeah. going very well. Yeah. yeah. How about you? It's going uh, pretty okay. There you. <laughs> Today is pretty okay. You I know, like so, so, sometimes that's just <laughs> that's that, just what that's it is. a win. <laughs> that's a win for that day. Yep. Um, I can't believe um we say this like seems like every week, but like 130 episodes, it just seems a lot. Yep. So. Have we had the conversation of at some point do you go new season and renumber? Do you go like, or do you just keep the number? I keep the number, and then okay. our thumbnails say year whatever oh, gotcha. it is, and gotcha. then since our first one wasn't until the second week of January, that's when I changed the graphic. Mm-hmm. So we're in the year three graphic right now, and then January the second week of January, I'll change it to year four. Okay. Yeah. Interessant. Okay, I like it. I like it. And I don't actually know if anyone can actually see those graphics because when I play the podcast, mm-hmm. it's just the it's, it's the, the collage. Yes, photo. that's what I always so, see. But I there is it's I, there. Yeah, I used to make a graphic every week, and then I realized that most people didn't see them, and I was Mm-mm. like, "Why am I wasting four hours on a graphic that <laughs> no! no one's seeing?" <laughs> There's better use of your time. Um, so Sunday was really awesome. We had our uh, porch kids Sunday. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fantastic. Sunday was high stress for me. It was it was a it was a lot of moving parts, but mm-hmm. my goodness, what what a great um, uh, reward! I oh, guess yeah. is the the right word. Mm-hmm. Um, six baptisms of these wonderful kids, and we had kids praying and reading or trying to read or <laughs> mom reading for, <laughs> um, and the dedications. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just a really really. It was a great day. It was a great day. For me, usually when there's days like that, mm-hmm. I get nothing out of those days. Because <laughs> I'm always like, I'm keeping to the order of service and mm-hmm. making sure that people are aware of things that are coming that they're not used to. And um, when someone's just to send you the order and they just well, not, get confused and, and not, distracted and don't send it to you, not, like you not asked even me that. <laughs> but um, I'm always a what's next person. Yes. And then on a service like that, there was something new like every two mm-hmm. or three minutes. Mm-hmm. So I never actually got to take take in what was happening on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Usually for me, I get to participate on Sundays when, when someone would go, eh, there, was, there wasn't really anything going on. <laughs> okay, so you said usually. Does that mean it was different Sunday or is that, was that the norm? No, that was the norm. Okay. Um, uh, the first time I actually got to listen to uh, Kristen's message was when I was putting it up for a podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was a um like not to um the the um what I was feeling in the room uh from everyone else it felt like a great day. But yeah. for me personally, that was a very I'm plugged into what I'm doing to make sure I don't so what I do doesn't distract someone else to pull them out of where they're at. 
Right. And that's kind of a normal thing. But on those Sundays, I'm really focused because there's so many things. And my volunteers feel really bad if they if they mess up on those Sundays. Yeah, yeah. So I so I try to circumvent things before they happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm very like, I don't even know if I looked up very much. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a good day. It was a good day. You know, one of the things that Kristen talked about was um, a community and how important that is. Yep. And 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 I thought one of the things I said in staff meeting yesterday was was that's a good message for people to hear. Besides from me, mm-hmm. um, because I do talk about it a lot. And we talk about it a lot here. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I've heard from several people. They were like, "No, I needed to hear that." Mm-hmm. Um, so that was good. And speaking of community, yeah. if you hear, if you're hearing voices in the background, your you car might, is not haunted. You might want to go see a medical professional, or we have a community group meeting. Yep. Um, so you might hear them chatting. That that's the one great thing about. Uh, our church being for our community, that our doors are always open for community groups to meet here. As I say, people, people go, no, I've driven by before and the doors were locked. And it's like, well, yeah, no, well, no, let pre- us know you're coming. Prearranged. <laughs> That's right. But we, we, we love having our campus used for oh, yeah. things. Like community groups. Um, uh, there was one week, I can't remember all the um, community organizations that were here, but we had... Between Sunday and Saturday, we had four different communities use our campus at mm-hmm. some point during the week. Yeah. yeah. And it's nothing for more than one organization to be using our campus throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's something I don't think our, our ministry partners recognize all the time. No. So every now and then I'll try and mention it or make a point of it. But, um, yeah, we love to do that. Well, so. and because we don't we don't make a big show of it. It's like, hey, look, we've been a sponsor, and we let them use our <laughs> building three times a month, every month. <laughs> Pat this on the back. Yeah. You know, right. we don't do that. Yeah. We just go, hey, yes. they go, hey, can, can we, we use, use your building? Yes. Yes. Yes, we can. Yes, you can. So um, the highlight for me on Sunday was uh, the baptism of the uh, six different kiddos um, who've all professed Jesus as their Savior. And we have more baptisms coming up this Sunday. Yes. So if you're listening to this on Thursday or Friday or Saturday um, and you... Or someone who's like, I, I want to be baptized. I've, I've witnessed it enough. It's something that I really feel like I need to do. Um, contact me, Josh, Kristen, Justin, any of us, um, you know, and, and we'll, we'll, if it's we'll, not this Sunday, we'll, we'll, we'll get you another. in there. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's just wonderful to see it. I made a post, I think it was earlier in the week, last week, um, just about how I've noticed. Yes, yes, yes. And then you made a the post on Monday about baptisms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that was that the one? Mm-hmm. Maybe that was it. Well, last week um you posted about um you've noticed yes. so many people getting into the waters and like mm-hmm. and you might have the urge like the feeling that it's time mm-hmm. for you and stuff like that. That was last week. Oh, okay. See, I can't even keep up. And then Monday this past week you uh shared the uh group photo of all the kids in the baptismal with you. Mhm. Oh, yes. Okay, gotcha. And I forget. You were speaking in terminology of when I, yes, I understand now. Yeah, because we pre-record these things. It's not like we're live right now on Thursday morning. Yeah, so I, I have to talk in time. Thank you. Thank you. And then she kind of. I'm going, huh? What? What yeah. are you? Yep. So anyway, I'm dumb. But no, I'm really looking forward to uh, the Sunday and the baptisms that um, Justin will get to be a part of. So, you know, I, I love that. Mm-hmm. It was cool to share that with Kristen on Sunday. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Let, let, let me ask you this yes, because sir. you 
you grew up in a Catholic background. Yep. And then you worked in a, a United Methodist Church for a mm-hmm. long time. Mm-hmm. That didn't put an emphasis on um, believers' baptism. Mm-hmm. So how what what does that look like? Like how does that um, touch you spiritually? Seeing all that happen now because you didn't have like it wasn't something that you grew up mm-hmm. like for me it's just what happens mm-hmm. you know yeah. so like it's just one step in the faith like mm-hmm. but you have a very like i don't want to say new under new experience with it but you're but here it's we're treating it in a whole different light than we even could downtown even mm-hmm. with the dunk tank yeah it's interesting because with my with my catholic upbringing and with the you know working at a UMC and then being a licensed UMC pastor um the baptisms usually that that we saw i mean definitely in the catholic church was by sprinkling mm-hmm. um or pouring yeah. you know pour over the infant's head um and then you know i don't think i've seen not i mean just when we were at at that U, in the UMC mm-hmm. at first methodist we um, I never saw anyone else do a immersion baptism. I had done several as the years went on, but mm-hmm. didn't see any. But the whole point of that is it's interesting because um, it is viewed, and rightfully so, as a very high and holy moment. It is a sacrament. It is sacred. Yes. And there's a lot of intentionality in the wording and the liturgy of the Catholic Church and the UMC, and I'm sure other churches with, with liturgy, um, that make that a very significant moment. Mm-hmm. On the flip side of that is, as you already said, the emphasis is not so much on the on the immediate salvation of the person being baptized, or but the uh, promise of, mm-hmm. or the hope for, the right. prayer for, and of course the significance of the grace of God, which I always make a point of, mm-hmm. um, that this water represents the grace of God that's worked in our lives. Before we even knew it, before we recognized it, I mean, that's part of what the waters represent, besides new life right. and death and all that. And so it's interesting because it's lifted up as so high and holy in those other traditions, and yet there is not an emphasis on the salvific you know, moment that has occurred to that, so that person then does go and go, I'm a believer now, I'm going to be baptized. Right. Um, and which is so counter uh, to what my upbringing was, was mm-hmm. that they actually have to be careful to tell people that your baptism is not what saves you. Yes, which yeah. we also would say as yeah. well, but yeah. But, but like that, like it's, it's so talking, mm-hmm. it's so tied to salvation that they have to be careful to make sure mm-hmm. that people understand that part, yep. portion of it. I have two, well, I have one, an experience that happened several, several, several years ago, and a, a family talked to me, and, and they had an older son um, who who had some uh, mental health issues, and um, they wanted uh, their son to be baptized. And he had, to some degree, said, yeah, that sounds good, but between the three of them, and, and he was, like, able to, mm-hmm. you know, like, carry on these conversations... Um, but between the individual and the parents, none of them were saying, yes, this person has said yes to Jesus and their life has changed. It was, we hope this will help with his mental health. Mm. And so in talking to a couple people and praying through this, I just, I told them, I said, this, I don't think this is the time for this. 
I think, um, you know, this needs to be on the other side of the salvation, you know? And I think to myself now, like, would I, would I have done it differently? Because unfortunately they got kind of ticked off and, and, and left. They weren't really engaged with the church anyway, but, um, they were like out, they were gone. Um, but I wonder if I would do that differently. I don't think I would. Um, I just had a conversation with a you wouldn't. a young person on Sunday night who is very interested, but they they weren't quite able to verbalize. You yeah. know, like yes, it was more of my aunt thinks this would be good. Mm-hmm. I think it would be good. You know, and it's like yeah, okay. That's I kind of liken that to you didn't experience this because you got married so young, but like. Being single for so long, I had people go, hey, Shannon, we want to introduce you to this guy because you would be so good for him. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not here, like, I'm not trying to, like, I'm not missionary. Like, I'm like, you know, so how about, how about introduce me to someone who would be, you know, a great, you know, like, We'd be great together. together. Right, right. Instead of me being good for him as far as like, and usually what they meant by that was, He's kind of on the fence or kind of, you know, he says he's a Christian, but he's not really committed, you know, Mm -hmm. and maybe if he's got this great Christian girl, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I kind of liken that to when people are like, oh, baptism would be good. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, that doesn't save us. I don't know if I'm answering your question. Um, No, you are. But no, I I view, I mean, I, I just view the baptism of someone who has said yes to Jesus. It's just, it's a beautiful expression. And it's what we see throughout Scripture. Now, there are, I mean, you see that throughout Scripture where people believed and they were baptized. They mm-hmm. believed and they were baptized. Now, there's also a few texts that say and and imply that, you know, let's say Josh was there when, when, uh, when uh, you know, Jesus was, you know, feeding the thousands or, you know, whenever someone was healed and Josh believed or Josh was there when Paul was talking and, and Josh believed and was baptized. And you'll read texts and say, and he went home, and his whole household was baptized. So yeah, that would have yeah. meant your your spouse, mm-hmm. your children, mm-hmm. um, servants. Um, you know, if you had extended family living with you, basically it was like you're going to live in my house. Okay, you're going to be baptized. And so, and that's actually where some of the um, argument for infant baptism comes in. Mm. Um, and I'm not completely opposed to that. I, I will say that was the, the final hang up for me, um, in taking the steps to be a, a licensed and, and then going through seminary and then the ordination process in the UMC, mm-hmm. that was the final, uh, hurdle for me was infant baptism. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was able, I think we talked about this before, but yeah. I was able to say, you know what? This is about the grace of God working in the life of this child. I, I'm okay with that, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, I do that. But I just think believers' baptism is it's evident throughout Scripture. And um, you know, we celebrate a lot of things in this world, Josh. And I think the opportunity to celebrate when a person says yes to Jesus is is why are, you know the opportunities to lift that up. We need to do it more and more. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's those you mentioned you know, telling people it doesn't save you because I'm sure, um, you know, people who have been baptized multiple times, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, I, and there are denomin there are denominations that I have friends in that have, that say that they have to be baptized after every sin. Wow. See, and I was, I was blown away by the first time I heard that you had to be baptized to be a member of a church. 
Like yes. you had to be baptized at that church to be a member of that church. Y- yes. And um, I was like, what? And hmm. that's not. Um, I've I've never experienced that as a person in a church. Mm-hmm. I have the church I grew up in. You had to have been. Um, you have to have said a profession of faith, a public profession of faith. Mm-hmm. and be, At the church no, or just, okay. And be baptized. Mm-hmm. It did, didn't necessarily have to be at that church, but yeah. you had to have those two things before they would allow you to serve in any facet of wow, the church. Wow, to serve, okay, yeah. And you had to be a... But the one thing that they... And they did this kind of in the late 90s, early 2000s, when a lot of weird stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also had to be a member of the church to serve in the church. Yeah. And that was just to kind of weed out yeah. weird people doing weird things. <laughs> well, there you go, and there's that. But, yeah, there there are some denominations, um, I would say deep southern denominations, mm-hmm. that um, that are very acts-based mm-hmm. um, denominations yeah. that, A, not only believe that you can lose your salvation, but every time you regain your salvation, you have to be baptized again as of. Hmm. A first sign of obedience. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. every time you become saved again, you have to be baptized again because you're working on a new salvation. Mm. Wow, that's that's an interesting take on that for sure. Um, so you know, for us here, you know, if someone comes to me and they're like, "Hey, I was sprinkled as an infant," you know, I was christened at my, you know, my grandma's church or whatever, but I want to. I've never been immersed. I want to be baptized, um, can we do that? And I say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that significance of believer's baptism is so very important. So, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, so baptisms. It's exciting. You know, I've posted. We've seen a lot. I've seen more even since then. We baptized six beautiful, amazing kiddos. And this Sunday, we've got some, I think, students, young adults, and adults um, that are being baptized. So mm-hmm. it's just really cool. It's just really, really wonderful. So... And, and I, I think it's, and I know we've talked about, I think we have a couple of episodes where we talk about baptism, mm-hmm. but I think on the other side of the Asbury revival, yes, that I think that it's baptism is being more and more discussed mm-hmm. as opposed to um, the difference between, and I don't want to get into whether these are legit baptisms or not, but like you see like these mass baptisms at Mm -hmm. these stadiums and churches will do Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And then like generally what we do is like you have a conversation with them to make Mm -hmm. sure and all that good stuff. But understanding what uh, a baptism is, is more important than honestly the act, I guess. Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think because uh, yeah, you can just as, do the act, but if you don't understand the, the heart behind right. the act, mm-hmm. right, right. And so that's that's where we want to make sure that's where people are. So yeah. Um. So yeah. So we had our porch kid Sunday, which, by the way, um, you know, we we mentioned this, but like we buck the trend for sure about the Sunday after Easter. Yes. Ooh, um, instantly this, this so year. yeah, it was it was a uh, it was full. It was very full on it's Sunday. Steamy and yeah, and um and so and now we're starting a new series. So we're starting a series this Sunday on the Book of Acts. So listeners, if you're not reading anything right now, or you want to read something more, start reading Acts. And um, I would recommend don't fly through it. Like read 
Acts chapter 1 and then read it a second time and see what you gleaned from it. Because uh, we're going to be in this, and I've already told the staff, I was like, I don't know how long we're going to be in Acts. I'm not sure yet, which is a little bit different for me because I usually have it planned out, laid out, and mm-hmm. here's how many weeks it's going to be, and that's going to end on this date, and the next date is the next series. And I told the Monday I've got April 23rd and dash and then a question mark. We don't know when it's going to end. And yeah. that's okay. I'm cool with it. Texting. So we were texting last night and we were working yeah. and I was looking at the logo. Well, we were talking about the logo and the uh, bumper video. Mm-hmm. And I even text you and says, hey, do you know what you're going to cover in the immediate? <laughs> and I'll throw that in there. And we can change it after the fact. And you're like, nah, just don't put a subtitle. <laughs> just leave it blank for now. We'll see. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's a little, little bit different. And I'm, I'm excited about it. So, yeah. Um, Looking ahead. I'm I'm very excited about doing a. Uh, I I've enjoyed our um, Bible study or our books of the Bible mm-hmm. sermon series, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then just the fact that you're going, this could be a long one, mm-hmm. and me going, me being a detail person, yeah, I'm quite excited about that. Yeah, because initially, this just tells you something. Initially. Um, I had it covering just starting now, going all the way through the summer, leading up to Jesus's life weekend. Mm-hmm. And we would cover two chapters of Acts every Sunday uh, with a couple of special, th- like one or two special things thrown in. Yeah. Um, I have my sermon, my message done for this Sunday, and it's um, verses one through eight. <laughs> so, so not two chapters. <laughs> so not two chapters. So if that tells you anything, but um, I'm looking forward to it. And listen, this is this is an amazing book. I just it really is. And so, you know, this could change. But for this week anyway, I wanted to offer some some information background on the Book of Acts that we just won't be able to get into or. I guess we could, but but we're not. We're going to do it in podcast form because I also want people to listen to the podcast because I think it's good in the 167 of their life to have something else to lean into, you know, and to, to take in. So I don't know who knows this, but this is like the, everyone needs to just memorize, put this in your memory bank because to me this is like a trivia question mm-hmm. like that you could win. Like, you know, if you're out with your friends and you get like a free pizza or whatever, it's like, this is the, this is the question. And it's who wrote, um, who was responsible for more than one quarter of the New Testament? And a lot of people would want to say Paul, Paul um, of the disciples or apostles they might want, or disciples they might want to say. Peter. Right. All right. Luke. Yeah. Um, but... The question was who was responsible for, and then you could say, "Oh, well, the Holy Spirit or whatever." But yeah. what Jesus? What human was responsible for over a quarter of the New Testament? And it is someone named Theophilus. Theophilus, and I'm going to tell you why in a minute. But um, Theophilus, he was a thistle sifter. He thrust three thousand thistles through the thick of his thumb. How many thistles did Theophilus thrust through you his totally thumb? You totally stole my joke. Boom. Um. That is a tongue twister. But his name really is Theophilus, but that's a tongue twister I learned a long time ago. But I want you to hear this. This is out of Acts chapter, Acts chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. It says, in my first book, now, by the way, there, I said who's responsible. Theophilus didn't write Acts. Theophilus didn't write it. Luke wrote it. Luke, okay? So this is what Luke writes in Acts chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And he says, in my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. 
So um, if you notice the verse thing that, that happens here in the opening of Acts is um, it's kind of like this, like the opening of, of the book of Acts has um, set the stage, I think, for great literary works like Homer's The Odyssey or, you know, Shakespeare's Hamlet or another fantastic classic, um, Lucas's Star Wars A New Hope, right? Like yes. all these things have something in common. Acts begins in the term is in medias res, which means right in the middle of the action, which is why it's called Acts, right in the middle of the action. So Luke is saying in my first book, and all that Jesus began to do and teach, he talked about in his first book, it tells us this is a... We're talking about Luke from the Bible, not Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yes. It took me like a half second. Oh, of course it did. Of course it did. Sorry. We're talking about the Bible here. Yes. But I did mention Lucas. And Sorry. Star, so. Yeah. Luke. So um, we know this is a continuation of the book of Acts. Um, this is the author's second work because he's already mentioned his first book. So this is the second one. So it's this much into, it's a continuation of this narrative covering the most epic story ever written. I mean, against the Odyssey and all those other things, right? So in really Luke and Acts, Luke Acts, it's, it's a two-part work. The Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts, it's a two-part work. And it makes up, Josh, 28% of the New Testament. That's a lot. That is a lot. If my trivia question was for the whole Bible, I meant the New Testament, by the way. Mm. I can't remember. Who was responsible for more than one quarter of the New Testament? That was the, that would have been... Theophilus. Question. Yeah, Theophilus, yes. Yeah. So um, in, Luke, in Luke Acts, what we have, with Luke as the author, he contributed more content than the collective writings of... Paul McCartney and John Lennon. No, sorry. The the Apostle Paul and the Apostle John. I knew that on purpose. I was just being silly. See, Paul wrote 24% of the New Testament, and John has written 20% of the New Testament. You know, I knew Luke wrote a lot, but I didn't. Yeah, 28%. I, I wouldn't have said, like, you could have put me on Jeopardy, and I would have said Paul had wrote more. Mm-hmm. Most people would, yeah. And I don't even think I would have thought about John outside of... Of course, you're only 4% off, so that's yeah. not... That's but pretty I mean, close. But because... You wouldn't necessarily go, oh, Luke, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have. And most people want to say that Paul wrote Acts because he's a good central figure of a good chunk of it. Yeah, I have... I have... Yeah, there is... There, is there any debate on... Well, no, Luke traveled with Paul. And okay. So, so the, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of just... Because there are some mm-hmm. books of the Bible that is debated whether Paul wrote or not. Right, right. And But Luke, or Acts is not one of them. Like, no, it's, it's... no. That's more of a just people think because gotcha. he's mentioned. So, okay. Yeah. So through Luke's writing, we know, we, I mean, you just know he's a he's a great historian. He's a, he's a, he's a journalist in many ways. He's recording events as they happen and he's actually his writing in and of itself is is it's he's literal uh, he's he's literate he's a literary artist if you will so he has the power of rhetoric and persuasion and you can almost compare it to like c.s lewis if if c.s lewis were like you know walking at the time you know i don't know c.s lewis had santa claus in <laughs> the line the witch of Morgan. he did he did he did but someone might say, and I would totally understand why, you're listening to me go, and you're going, but the careful in investigation and meticulous publication of so much content by such a master storyteller must have cost a fortune, Shannon. 
Because I know that's what y'all are thinking, right? I totally was. I mean, 28% of Scripture. I have like, it come written on. in my notes. Yeah, right. It's like, no. how did they afford to write 28% <laughs> of the New Testament? Because we don't think about that. We don't think yeah. about what it would cost. Like, we, anyone, we can self-publish. We can, mm-hmm. it, you know, you could you could self-publish a book without even owning a laptop. Um, you could do it through your phone. Yeah. You could go to the public library. Like We, we have we have some people in our church that have published books. You've published mm-hmm. Self-published, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, this is a this is not a historically accurate movie at all. Oh great. Uh have you ever seen Young Guns 2? Yes. And it's got the guy from CSI, he plays Pat Garrett. Yes. Well, he's paid In a while, I'm recalling. Yeah. He's paid so much to go capture Billy the Kid. Mhm. Where he yep. takes all of his money mm-hmm. and he hires a journalist to follow him around and write the book yeah. of him pursuing Yes. It cost him everything he was supposed to make. Yeah, that's a, to catch actually Billy that's a, I mean, yeah, it's that's a great example though. Yeah. Because that there was a huge cost mm-hmm. to um, just being able to write mm-hmm. and to have the materials to write. Papyrus was not cheap. I mean, so this was there were a lot of issue a lot of things that were connected with this. So, um, you I know as we were talking about, wow, twenty eight percent, someone had to have ponied up. In fact, in a mostly illiterate first century culture, writing was an extremely time-consuming, expensive venture. And that's why both books, Luke and Acts, begin with a dedication to their patron. You know what a patron is? Yeah. They, Someone who like... Yeah. You know, that, yeah. That it, it's almost like a executive producer credit in a movie. Yes, They're the ones yeah. that pony up to make the yes. thing happen. And this patron was... Theophilus, oh. or Theophilus, as some might say, the the thistle sifter. So if you listen, who thrust three thousand thistles through as thick of his thumb. If you listen to podcasts, you hear a lot of podcasters talk about mm-hmm. Patreon. Yes, yeah, it's which just, is mm-hmm. another version of this. Yeah, yeah, of paying to to for them to be able to produce their content. Yep, yep. So in Acts one, which is the study we're about to start, um, he writes, Luke writes. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach. Go to Luke chapter 1, starting... I'm going to read the first four verses. It said, And this is Luke writing, okay? He says, Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They used the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning... I also have decided to write an accurate account for you, most honorable Theophilus, so that you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. So this is Paul, I mean, Paul, this is Luke saying, this is why I've done this. I've done the investigation. I've done the work. Here we go. So so Theophilus, he probably was in some way like a disciple of Luke's. Um, a student of Luke's in that he wanted to know more about Jesus. It, as far as a station of life, mm-hmm. Theophilus was much higher up. Probably and There's older. a lot of different theories on wh- what his role or position was in, in culture or the world, society. Yeah. But in regard to his faith, um, Luke was teaching him, discipling him. Mm-hmm. Um, now, interestingly, and this is where some people have tried to take this and go, well, Theophilus actually wasn't a real person. Um, it was like a way for Luke to be talking to the reader because the name Theophilus means friend of God or lover of God. So you get Theo, which is God, and Phyllis, which is love. Um, so, we, But it's like the friendship love. Um, 
is when you talk about phileo. Interesting. And so it's friend of God or uh, lover of God. And so some people go, oh, well, that's who it was written to, not a real person. But um, I have a friend in Jesus. <laughs> mm, that's such a great song. So, but here's how Luke was connected to Theophilus. The question that a lot of scholars have wrestled with is, okay, who who is this person? And because the name is a Greek name, that means friend of God or one who loves God, some of these commentators have said, well, Luke's just writing to all people. But the other thought, the other idea, and the one I lean towards is that because um, because Theophilus is an actual name, he's writing to, this is who Luke's writing to, and he seems to be writing not to, when he talks about certain things, it's not, he's not writing to a, um, a group of people. You can tell by the syntax and the way he's writing that he's writing to an individual mm-hmm. um, and expressing this is what's going on. Um, he's not talking in a in generic terms, but um, so we see this Theophilus as an actual person, someone who's the patron of of Luke. Um, it's widely um, assumed or believed that he funded um, maybe not even just the writing of the New Testament, but that Theophilus might have funded Luke's medical education because he was a doctor. Yeah. Um, Most people don't think about that. Yeah, which I don't... Who knows what that... Doctors weren't esteemed like they are as much now. Um, They pretty much... If you were a rich person, you found a smart person and you had them go study whatever was available and then they worked for you and they were your doctor. Oh. Like, it wasn't like you set up shop. Oh, no. You worked for people. Mm. Um, It was a servanthood type deal. But, But... higher up but still you kind of belonged like you couldn't just go and practice medicine gotcha you belonged somewhere so that was also kind of the that was what was happening culturally um but we know that well first of all theophilus luke's dedicated his work to him and beyond this in um in luke chapter three depending on some of the versions you read but luke refers to theophilus as the most excellent or um uh, depending on the versions you might read, and this terminology in the original language, um, it means it's this term that's uh, kratistos in Greek, and it's an expression of honor that's used. And this terminology um, is something that would is how wealthy people, people in uh, positions of influence and power, would be referred to. Like not just anybody was a kratistos. And they right? and if he was talking to a group of people that might read this someday he wouldn't have given that right exactly honor right right or just because it was such a a way to introduce or to to refer to someone and it it makes it more and more singular by doing exactly exactly right so um and then you go and i've already mentioned this a little bit but like um this is a discipleship type deal. It wasn't just about patronage. Um, I think it was a like a mutually beneficial deal where um, Theophilus was able to um, finance the writing of these accounts. Um, but at the same time, he also wanted to learn. Because, I mean, you look at what how uh, Luke writes it, he's like saying... Um, so this is what Jesus began to teach. I'm writing in Luke. He says, this is, uh, you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. 
So there was obviously a, a teaching of who Jesus is to Theophilus. And so there's this relationship that's not just patronage, but it's a discipleship one as well. Um, and he Luke wants Theophilus to have a uh, an understanding of the gospel. So um, seeing that that uh, Luke has kind of you know made a point of citing Theophilus as his first reader, it is helpful to note that Luke's Luke what knew full well that he wasn't writing a letter to Theophilus. He was producing work but he was honoring it's kind of like the opening like the dedication of a book yes. or the or the screenplay or you know mm-hmm. the movie um he he was writing this in Theophilus I'm writing this to you but he knew full well I mean the purpose of his writing it was so that others may know yes so he knew that it wasn't like maybe someday someone else is going to get a hold of this letter that I've written to you in your house but he knew this was for the edification of people who follow jesus or who wanted to know who jesus was and and in the way he wrote that why would he write it to everybody and then also acknowledge that everyone was going to find it right so he wrote it to someone with the knowledge that other people were going to find it and read it Mm -hmm. right right and so he he definitely um knows that there's going to be a broader audience beyond theophilus to, to read these um it's it's not difficult to see that in the in the church the larger church in the first century there was because there's a lot of issues that that Luke addresses later on in Acts um, that wouldn't necessarily they wouldn't fit if it were just like a personal letter to somebody correct so like he knew in the broader broader writing that he was addressing things that other people would see or possibly deal with or want some correct. clarification on yeah. Um, just an example, um, as Luke is recording all of this, he mentions the, the, the uh, I don't know, frustration, the infighting or fighting between Jewish and Gentile believers, um, the divisions based on leadership. You know, you say, you know, that some po- followed this one, some followed that one. I mean, they were human beings, so there was going to be some conflict with leadership and different apostles and teachers. Um in Acts, Luke records um, that there were some doctrinal errors that that were being introduced by false teachers. You know, so he's addressing things that, again, wouldn't necessarily just go to one person in a letter. But he's he knows this is a broader audience that he is putting this uh, together for. I mean, he focuses on issues that were faced by women and the poor, um, church and civil governments, uh, persecution. He records persecutions and sufferings and imprisonments. I mean, just. A lot. Lots of things. Uh, Acts touches on these kinds of doctrinal and moral and and practical things, these difficulties. Um, And that's because the broader church was going through that when when he recorded this. So um, not much more on this other than to say that since Luke wrote the book of Acts to address, uh, to, to cover the story and to present even these broad set of issues that were going on, it's it's just reasonable to assume that he intended his work to be read by by many people. It's just kind of reasserting the the um, who this was for and, and and all that. So he was he definitely was concerned to help both Theophilus, but also the early church. This mm-hmm, is why mm-hmm. he put this together. Um, and so this whole, the most excellent thing I think that's interesting, it's this term that you would use to address, it's like a formal Roman title, 
And so it referred to someone who usually had imperial power. So here's the Star Wars imagery still. Um, imperial power. Um, it's the title that Paul used to address Felix, the Roman governor of Judea in Acts chapter 24, and in, and to address Festus, who was the governor after Felix in Acts 26. So it's definitely one of those, like, this is who you are. You, you are someone who is able, you are most excellent, and I'm telling you about Jesus. And so... To go back to the original, here's the trivia question. Who was responsible, what human was responsible for over a quarter of the New Testament being written? Theophilus. That's right. That's right. Is it Ophilus or Ophilus? I wonder now. I don't know. Well, I'm going to find out while we're talking. What do you, what do you want to say? Um, it, I mean, it's it's very interesting that um, one of, A, I didn't know Luke wrote that much of the New Testament. Um, I will say that uh, it makes sense because of Luke's gospel is considered most historically accurate, so it would be it would make sense that um, he would have other books as well. Yeah. yeah, and kind of not only just documenting, 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 documenting what um, happened with Jesus but also documenting the early church because he was there for that as well so yes. why would you stop exactly then yeah. and I never even had that thought in my mm-hmm. head and then also you you really don't think about it still costs money you, to record <laughs> things even if it is God inspired it's still not cheap to do yeah yeah and duh because it's not cheap to do what we do why would we think it was cheap to do it back then either and you know it was like more expensive. I yeah. mean, it was like ridiculous. Yeah. So, so like your example. Here's how you pronounce this. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's see what we get. Theophilus. Yeah, Theophilus. Theophilus. But they usually say it twice. Theophilus. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I I Theophilus uh, the thistle sifter. Thrust three thousand thistles. I okay. think every Greek and Roman name I can pronounce to um Gladiator. <laughs> was there a Theophilus in and gladiator? I'm sure there is. Okay. Yeah. Friend of God. Mm. So it was probably the nice one. <laughs> <laughs> it was the one that um that um was a bad tipper and um who said um darn it and that kind of thing. Never cursed. Dad burn it. <laughs> Dog gone it. They loved fried chicken. Fiddle sticks. I stay fiddlesticks, so... I mean, I say dead burning, <laughs> doggone it, all the time. Yeah, so um, there's just a little taste of um, of Acts and... I mean, uh, this is like the preface of your sermon series. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. I mean, I'm going in a little bit, yes. But yeah, well, I mean, no, I mean like historical because context. Because you, yeah. you can't give 44 minutes to Theoph- Theophilus on Sunday. Correct, I cannot. And so this is great... Um, Listen to it. Yeah, well, it's great. <laughs> Hang on, they're already listening to it. I mean, so one thing that, you know, we always talk about is taking stuff in context. Mm-hmm. And this gives the cultural and the historical context of what the entire sermon series is going to be. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is pretty, if you don't understand the context, and that's a big thing about, like, the cultural context mm-hmm. of what's going on, mm-hmm. you kind of, you, you'll end up missing the point trying to equate it to... Mm. 2023 South Georgia. Yep. Because because that's not what it was written to. Yes, it applies, mm-hmm. but it's but you have to understand the situation it to. was written to. Yeah. So so understanding that a 
it was Luke. Yep. B that he this was a funded documentation mm-hmm. and of someone that is highly educated. Mm-hmm. It's worth knowing that he's qualified to say what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a whole other, I think it's Josephus. I'm not sure. But Josephus? No, no, Josephus. Oh, okay. I think, I can't remember now. I was reading about it, but there was another writing that came out. It was not a Christian writing, but it was written near the same time as the book of Luke and Acts, uh, Acts especially. And um, some of the, some, some things happen like culturally, some things are mentioned that you know, like oh, this was written at the around the same time, and um, the, that kind of stuff is really interesting. You know, mm-hmm. it's like here's someone else who's recording. You know, maybe it was a, a government official's name or something like that, but you just knew it was like the same. Yeah, it's just it's just that kind of stuff just is yeah. intriguing to me. So yeah, and it just gives so much more validity to this. I mean, he he was walking alongside mm-hmm. Paul and went all. A lot of this was going on, mm-hmm. and I mean, you you try to say you need, you like, people say, well, everything was written thousands and thousands of years after it happened. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Some of it, yeah. This yeah. this was written while it was happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know how many I don't know how many people in churches today know that there are books that were written as it happened. Mm-hmm. Because it's just a, I don't know if it's assumption like of, assumption yeah. that God gave this person, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. And, but sometimes, but there are times when God put the person right there in the action mm-hmm. to yeah. record it. And this is, and this is one of those times. Yeah. Yeah. And to me that that's super cool because usually even, even without it being God breathed, mm-hmm. it's usually very accurate. Yeah. Right. So even if this was just a, and it's not, even if this was just a man created manuscript to what happened, mm-hmm. it's it would probably be one of the most accurate manuscripts of right. that era. Right. Right. But no, it's not just that. It's even God breathed that mm-hmm. gives it even more That's, inerrancy. Yes. Yes. So this is like lock, stock, and key mm-hmm. gold. Mm-hmm. The Book of Acts. Yep. That's good. That's good. So I'm looking forward to. I mean, I've I'm working on the next week's um, message. So which is just verse nine. <laughs> verse nine right. a. No, and I don't even know what's in verse nine. <laughs> so um, yeah, but I'm looking forward to it. So if you're listening to this prior to April 23rd. Um, then start reading Acts because that's what we're going to be going into on Sunday. So um, I think that's all I've got. Anything we need to mention that's coming our way? Um, if you weren't at church on Sunday and you have a child from ages grade 5 to pre-K, sign them up for VBS. Our VBS registration went live. Oh, yeah. It's going to be stellar. So you can find that on our website and space our social... Space-themed. Space-themed and our social medias. Uh, Kristen and her crew do an amazing job. And if you want to be a part of Kristen's amazing crew, she would love <laughs> to have you. Um, just We have a lot of organizations kind of wind down in the summer, but we ramp up. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of great things coming up. Yes, there are. Looking forward to it. So, well, listeners, thanks for hanging with us. We um, appreciate you, and 
good chatting with you, and we look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Josh, thank you. Thank you. All right, we'll see you guys later. See you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.